Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And family, if all of that is too much to remember, we say it real easy here. We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, I hope you all are excited about this year. I know there's a lot of things we did not anticipate. Some things we wish would just not be present in our world today. But we're here. And our theme for the year is I am ready. No matter what comes, I am ready. That is our theme for 2022. And last week, we, well, we'll be doing a four-part series of the, next, of the first four Sundays of the year based on our theme. If you joined us last week, you know that last week's sermon was, I am ready for change and growth. I am ready for change and growth. We won't hold you long today, but I want you to join with me in the book of 2 Samuel. So you can find 2 Samuel in your Bible. 2 Samuel, the fifth chapter, and I'm reading verses 17 through 25. 2 Samuel 5, verses 17 through 25. And here's how it reads in the New Revised Standard Version. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. So David came to Baal or Baal Perazim. And David defeated them there. He said, to, he said, the Lord has burst forth against my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore, that place is called Baal Perazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there and David and his men carried them away. Once again, the Philistines came up and were spread out in the valley of Rephaim. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up, go around to the rear and come upon them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then be on alert. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistine. David did just as the Lord had commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines from Geba all the way to Gezer. Amen. Come on, let's pray, beloved. God, we bless your name on today, and we are so grateful, O oh Lord, for how you just today have been doing a great work in our lives.
As we woke up this morning, O oh God, we beheld, we experienced that great work. And we say thank you, O oh God. Today, O oh God, we begin a new week, a new day with you. And this day is full of all of the possibilities that you have granted. Just this day. And our task, O oh God, is to lean in fully, fully lean into this day so that we may fully receive the gift of this day, the blessings of this day. God, thank you. Thank you for staining. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for loving on us. We are grateful. God, this is time you set aside for us to commune. and We shall commune together and with you, O oh Lord. God, we thank you today. We bless your name. And it's in your name we pray. And we say, amen and amen. I want to read, actually, beloved, I want to read that entire scripture again, that entire passage for those who are just joining us. 2 Samuel 5, 17 through 25. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now, the Philistines had come and spread out into the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. So David came to Baal Parazim, and David defeated them there. He said, the Lord has burst forth against my enemies before me like a bursting flood. Therefore, that place is called Baal Parazim. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. Once again, the Philistines came up and were spread out in the valley of Rephaim. When David inquired of the Lord, he said, you shall not go up. Go around to the, their rear and come upon them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then be on alert. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. David did just as the Lord had commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines from Geba all the way to Gezer. Amen. Amen, beloved. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise no matter where you are right now. We bless God's name. Today, I want to briefly speak from this theme in our series, I Am Ready. I am ready for battles and breakthroughs. I am ready for battles and breakthroughs. Amen, beloved. Beloved, all of us in some way, shape, or form find ourselves dealing with battles. Sometimes the most challenging battles are not the ones that are always visible to everyone else. Some of the greatest battles we will ever have are the battles that take place internally. Those internal rumblings and wrestlings we have with ourselves. 
I'll say it again. We all in some way, shape, or form have experienced battles or are experiencing battles, but the greatest battles we will ever experience are the ones that take place within us, within ourselves, most importantly, within our minds. Every day, some of us battle those rumblings, those wrestlings that often have to do with who we are. There are people every day who require a certain amount of strength to make it through the day, and you'll never see what they're going through because the battle is internal. There are fights that are taking place inside. In fact, here's what I've come to discover. The strongest people we will ever know are not the ones who show strength in front of us, but those who are battling what we know nothing about that are hidden from our view. I'm going to say it again. Some of the strongest people you will ever know and ever meet are people who are not showing their strength in front of us, but people whose strength is being used to fight battles we will never know about. And they are waging that warfare sometimes in their mind, struggling with themselves, not struggling with other people, but wrestling through who they are and who God has called them to be and maybe how they want to see themselves and how God desires to see them. Those are the battles that wage war in ourselves. And in fact, I got to tell you this, maybe the hardest battle you will ever face is the battle between who you are now and who God wants you to be. That may be the greatest battle you will ever face between who you are now and who God desires you to be. Those are the battles that much emotional turmoil is experienced. In those battles, we find ourselves confronting ourselves in ways we did not anticipate because that war is between who we are and who God desires us to be. And it is not as if God comes in and then pulls us into that new space or knocks the door down where we are and then pushes God's way into our lives in such a way that we then have no choice but to capitulate to who God desires us to be. No, oftentimes God sets before you a vision of possibility of who you can be and what you can be. And then the decision is up to you whether or not you will lean in the direction of your possibility and venture away from the familiar territory of your own mind and become who God desires you to be. Those are the battles, in my opinion, that are the fiercest we'll ever have. Those battles that we fight within ourselves of moving from one space in life to another phase in life. I'm going to tell you, beloved, I've discovered, and I know this, God, in my opinion, is not the God who simply snatches you to that place. Now, let me be clear. There are times when I know God has snatched me out of trouble, has snatched me out of trial, has redeemed me from things that were seeking to destroy me. But when it comes to walking into the identity that God has forged for you, that is based on the possibilities and potential that are bound for you, God is not going to bully God's way to do that. Because if God does that, you'll always be looking for a way out because your heart never leaned in the direction of the possibilities. Oh, I hope you heard that. That oftentimes that move, that battle 
is a decision that you must make to walk into. God raises the possibility, tells you who you will be, who you can't be, who you are supposed to be, who you are ordained to be, who you are anointed to be, who you are, uh, who you've been created to be. And then now you must do the work of moving from one phase of your existence to another phase. And can I tell you this? Those battles are always ongoing. Why? Because God is always evolving you. Because the you that God desires you to be now may change in the years based on the need that God has for you and your gifts. I hope you catch that. So the issue is not whether or not you're ready to move to who God wants you to be now and stay stuck. It is, is your spirit open for the evolving you that God is requiring? Who's always prepared to shift when God is ready to shift you into a new season, into a new phase, in a new place. When I, 20 years ago, who I was is radically different from who I am now. But 20 years ago, when God made it clear that God wanted me somewhere else, then I had to make a move from that place to another place. And the place that God wanted me to go from that place 20 years ago took about a four or five year journey. I saw it. I experienced it. And when I arrived there and I celebrated the arrival of being who God wanted me to be at that time, I then had to keep my mind open and my heart open for the possibility that that new arrival was not my final destination. And God was looking to continually grow me, continually evolve me, continually mature me. And can I tell you, that identity shifts in terms of the need in the moment. And I hope we understand that today. But nevertheless, no matter what the season, no matter what the time of evolution, the challenge is that we will be wrestling with ourselves and who we are and who God desires us to be. If you think that David had no internal rumblings just because he was anointed, you're wrong. Just because he was anointed and called to be the king doesn't mean that he didn't have some things to work through and work out in his life. You need to hear that because some people are under the misguided notion that if God anoints you for something, that at the anointing moment, you're all right. That everything you need to walk into that season that you were anointed for is already at place. And that is not always the case. I would dare say it is not the case. And, and who you are now, even if you perceive it as problematic, it is not problematic for God because God even anointed David, knowing that there were still things David had to see, learn, and understand about himself before he could fully walk in to the position he had been anointed for. There was a large gap in a space between who he was and who he became at Hebron when the people anointed him king. Much was learned, much was fought, much had to fall to the wayside. Many things had to be taken up. He had to go through his own journey of personal discovery of who he was. And sometimes the things that shape us to be who we need to be for God are not always pleasant moments. Those transitions are not always easy. The things that shape us are not always palatable. In fact, I would dare say, Sometimes when we're in that season of transition from where we are to where we know God wants us to be, the battle is fierce. And sometimes the battle is heavy because maybe of the stripping away that must take place and the building of trust that is necessary for the moment of elevation. I hope you heard that.
stripping for the trusting. Things have had to fall away. And you've had to learn how to depend on God. And sometimes learning to depend on God came at the price of no longer depending on some people. I hope you gather that today, beloved. That that stripping away period is a period where sometimes you must find yourself on an island by yourself, emotionally, spiritually alone, not because God does not value your, your need for social existence. No, because sometimes God has to distance you from the spaces that signify who you were and the people who signify who you were. And those people, those spaces, those places are not always welcome on the new journey to who you will be. And it's not that you look for people to dismiss. No, but you must be attuned for the stripping moment when some things have to fall away, be taken away, fade away. And you can't mourn what has been fading away. You can't mourn what may be lost, especially if what may be lost does not compare to what will be gained. I hope you hear that, beloved. I hope you get that today. That what may be lost does not compare to what may be gained. The problem why we wrestle with the stripping is because what has been lost is known and what may be gained is unfamiliar. And that's why we fight. And that's why we fight against even our best possibility. Because sometimes our best possibility is shrouded in that which is unfamiliar. And we yearn for safety connected to the familiar. What if David never desired to leave his father's backyard? What, 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 what if he didn't trust the experience of victory to fight a new giant? What, what, what if he simply leaned on what he knew and did not take what he knew to be the springboard into what he could do? Oh, I hope you hear that, beloved. It is something to be said with all of his issues and all of his struggles that David, with all of that, kept pressing forward. In spite of the times when he was terrified by Saul, in spite of the times when he was unsure of his complete capability to be the next king, in spite of the times and temptations to simply fall back, to go back to the familiar jobs and occupations and territories that his father had for him, he still moved. Maybe that may be the most powerful thing we could do in these seasons of rugged wrestling and turmoil. Keep moving forward and not stop. Well, David had been fighting those battles. You read his story from the time he's anointed to the time he's crowned king at Hebron in 2 Samuel. You will see numerous lessons learned. And here's the thing, beloved. 99.9% .9 of the lessons learned came by way of difficulty and challenge. The crown was there, but you know the old adage, no cross, no crown. Sometimes that path to that elevated position is the way of sorrow and the way of grief and sometimes even the way of challenge and agony. It's the battle. And the battles that we faced. Well, here is David in 2 Samuel. Anointed king, crowned king of Judah and Jerusalem. He makes Jerusalem the city of David. Jerusalem is the center 
of the people of Israel. Now know this, that before it became the center, David had to fight to deal with the inhabitants, the Jebusites. He had been crowned king and immediately after crowning king to establish the position, there were, what was there? A battle. After he defeated the Jebusites and his prowess began to spread and all the territory knew that David was a new king of Israel, what did he have to face again? A battle. And it says this time the foe was familiar, a foe that he had dealt with numerous times. But this time the Philistines were determined to stop David's elevation. He had fought them numerous times. The first battle was against their warrior, Goliath. And after that, numerous times between his anointing and his now sitting on the throne as king of Israel, numerous encounters with the Philistines. They were a familiar foe, but they often had fierce ways of dealing with Israel. And here, when they heard that David was the king, they were determined to not let him sit still in that position. Oh my God, pause for a second. Somebody needs to hear that warning. Even though you know that God may have appointed you and anointed you for a particular season, do not think when the season arrives and you walk into the appointing and the anointing that the fighting is over. It is not always over because there will be people and there will be forces and there will be circumstances that will arise with the desire to upend your elevation because your elevation may be too profound and too profound and powerful for them to handle that you are no longer where you were out of a familiar place and now walking in the fullness of your own power and that is intimidating for people who are feeble minds and feeble origin and who are weak in their own upbringing understanding and they can't handle you and so they are waiting waiting can you imagine you thought the silence was because they had been defeated and the silence was because they were waiting waiting for you to rise with a desire to tear you down battles that's how they arrive in your life. Sometimes the battles are internal. You trying to get from one stage to another. And sometimes those battles are external because there'll be forces that cannot stand that you're no longer who they thought you were. Battles. We will all have them, the internal and the external, but the external don't compare to the internal when through the internal you learn to trust in God even more. Because maybe that's what the Heart of the battle is designed to do. Get you to trust even more. It is not that God ordained the battle because that's an easy theology. God sent this your way to do this. No, I like to think that some battles come your way and God shows you God's strength and your strength in the midst of the battles and the kind of strength that it will take to be victorious. I like that way of seeing life. Because sometimes it's easy to say, well, God sent that and God meant for that to happen. It may not mean that there are not situations that may arise, but you can't look at every negative situation and say, God put this on me. And Lord, why would you put more on me than you can bear? There are some people who are the instigators of those struggle moments, who are the initiators of those rough times, who did not consult with God before they decided to attack you. But here's what I know. In the midst of their attacks, God's presence is never vanquished. And God's strength and your strength are always present in the midst of their attacks. So here's David now, newly crowned king, anointed a long time ago, but now appointed. I won't touch that because there's a difference between anointing and appointing. The anointing is in this moment. The appointing is in this season. And the appointing doesn't always coincide with the anointing because between the anointing and the appointing, maybe some stripping to prepare you to trust in the God who anointed you in the first place to put you in the position you're in right now. So here it is. David gets word that the Philistines 
the familiar foe are lining up for battle. And can I drop this in your spirit? David's elevation does not cause him to forget how he arrived. Oh, I hope you hear that. His elevation does not cause him to forget how he arrived. You need to hear this because there's some people who can't handle being elevated because they didn't get spiritual amnesia and forget how in the world they got where they were in the first place. So when the enemies rose, David said, I need to talk to the one who put me where I am right now. He sought out God in the midst of an oncoming battle. He did not talk to the military leaders first. He did not seek counsel from his advisors first. He said, because the generals and my friends did not put me here. Let me talk to the one who put me where I am. God, what should I do in the midst of these enemies who are surrounding me? Should I go forward? Hold on. Wait a minute. Back up for a second. There are some of us who forget the difference between could and should. Just because you could do something doesn't mean you should do something. Oh, God, that's not mine. I can't take credit for that. I heard that many years ago, many years ago, uh, Reverend Alicia, when, when I was watching the movie Jurassic Park. Oh, God, you know that movie. Old now, but I loved it then. And, 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 and here they were. Here was the, the man who had created the way to now create dinosaurs. Again, you know the movie. And, and he's introducing this to, to doctors and scientists who he thought would be excited about this. And one doctor who was a doctor, really, of, of logic and a doctor of possibility, logical possibility, was Jeff Goldblum's character. And here they were sitting together at the table, all celebrating what they thought was a massive feat of human ingenuity. And Jeff Goldblum's character says this. He said, you were all so overwhelmed that you could do this, that you never stopped to ask, should you do it? Just because you can do something doesn't always mean you should do something. What are you talking about? Well, David had already demonstrated the capacity to defeat the Philistines. He could do it. But even with the knowledge of what he was able to do and had done, he still doesn't assume that what he did before is now viable in this current moment. And just because he could do it before doesn't mean he should do it now. And so he approaches God, God, will you deliver them? Should I move forward? And God said, yes, go forward into battle. I will certainly deliver the Philistines into your hands. I love that. I will certainly deliver the Philistines into their hands. But the certainty given by God does not mean fighting won't be necessary. Oh, you got to hear that today. Sometimes we think, well, you know, let go and let God. Yes, but what if letting God means God using you? God said, no, go fight. And certainly you will have the victory. David moves forward after consulting God. He is victorious. And the deep part, and I don't have time today, but the deep part about this is that when the Philistines leave, they leave all their gods behind. So <laughs> I wish I had time for that today, beloved. But the gods that they idolized, they left them as now as now spoils of war for Israel. They drop their gods. And I got to tell you that sometimes in the face of indomitable power, it's amazing how people will quickly drop their gods. And I ain't just talking about gods, but the things they've come to worship. 
the things they've come to glorify, the things they've tried to idolize. It's amazing how the face of indomitable power, they will drop what they were holding on to. That's for another day. <laughs> and so they drop them. But watch this. They can't handle the loss. Oh, my God. If I, if, I had, if I had more time to talk about how oftentimes your enemies can't handle being defeated by you, even though they know the power that is in you is greater than the power that is in them, they just can't handle taking the L. And so they'll try to manufacture a reason to come back. And sure enough, the Philistines came back to Rephaim. They mustered the camp again after the last defeat and still came back for another battle. What does David do? Lean on the memory of the last victory? No. David does what? Talks to God. Why is this important? You need to see this in the story, beloved. What if David had leaned on the last victory and used the same mechanisms that brought him victory the last time? And what if the current victory can't be had with past mechanisms? I hope you can hear that. That's why you can't make assumptions based on the last victory. You must always consult God to get direction on how to move forward. And you'll feel it. I love how God does this. I love it. God said, this time, go around them from the rear. Attack from the rear, not facing forward. Attack from the rear. And watch what God says. God says, here's when you'll know to be ready. When you see the tops of the trees moving, it's an indication that it's time to fight. I remember reading this years ago, years and years ago. It never hit me. It never really hit me until I really became an avid golf player and fan. Now, I know that's not everybody's thing, but it's something that happens. Sometimes when you're playing golf, they tell you, that to understand the best club to use on a certain given shot, you got to check certain things that are in play. You may see your target in front of you, but you must check other elements that you're not always cognizant of. You have to create new habits on the golf course. Can I tell you this? Watch this. And one of the things you do is you check the wind blowing. Now, sometimes here's the thing about golf. You're hitting the ball in the air, not on the ground. And sometimes you don't feel anything on the ground because the wind is above you. And so what they've conditioned you to do is when you want to see the direction of the wind, look at the tops of the trees. Because when the trees start moving, you must pay attention to the direction of the movement and the direction of the movement of the tops of the trees lets you know where the wind is coming from. Oh, I, get, I hope you get this. In other words, in golf, you can't always make a good decision about what tool to use if you don't check the wind first. Oh, I hope you hear this, beloved. All God was saying is, listen, David, don't pay attention to the enemy or the target. Look at the top of the trees because you don't have to worry about your enemy when you know you've got the victory. Look at the trees and then you'll know to move forward. Well, David stood there. Can you imagine what it must have looked like? Maybe David was telling his generals, listen, we can't move until we see the tops of those trees moving. Just look at the scene for a second. The enemy's ready to fight, and what the enemies are looking at is them looking up, not out. They must have thought they surely could have won, but they didn't really see it. Watch this, because they were coming from the backside. They had to do a different way of fighting, and they were waiting. Well, the trees started moving. David moves forward. They win 
the fight. The Philistines are defeated. David is king and he trusted God. But here's the thing. David named that place Baal Perazim, the place of the breakthrough. Because can I tell you that 100% of the times I've learned it in my life, and maybe that's a little bit far-fetched, but I'm going to say it. The greatest breakthroughs take place at the place of the fiercest fight. Battles and breakthroughs are in the same place. Battles and breakthroughs occupy the same space. You don't have to go outside of yourself if the fight is internal because that's where you'll also get the victory. Battles and breakthroughs happen at the same space. The question is not will they happen in the same space and place. Are you ready? What happens if a fight comes and you run and you miss the breakthrough? Because a breakthrough is at the place of the battle. What happens if you let that which you face be the thing that causes you to turn around or run away and you thought you were running away from the battle, but you were really running away from your breakthrough? Especially if your breakthrough is at the same place as your battle, beloved. You must always be ready to do what? Ready to stand tall in the battle. Because when you stand tall in the battle, you'll be standing tall in the breakthrough. Are you ready for the battle and the breakthrough? Because in my opinion, they go hand in hand. I didn't say all breakthroughs come at the place of battle. I said sometimes the most amazing breakthroughs in your life, 100% of the times, will take place at the place of your fiercest battles. And that's why you can't always run from those spaces. You can't always retreat from those spaces because the victories are won right there. There is no army who can declare themselves a victor and didn't fight the fight that was in front of them. I don't know what season this is in your life, but this may be a season, beloved, where you have to fight fiercely. Don't retreat. Don't run. Don't say, God, I'm ready for my breakthrough, but I'm not ready for my battle. No, they come together. Just as you stand strong, ready to fight. Stand strong, ready to be victorious. Because your breakthrough will come at the place of your battle. And you will see the victory. You will see the victory. And God will give you a front row seat at the retreat of your enemies because the breakthrough will be at the place of battle. I am ready for battles and breakthroughs. I am ready for battles and breakthroughs. Come on, beloved, let's, let's talk to God. Lord, we bless your name on today and we are ever grateful for this reminder. Well, one God, 
Sometimes the fiercest battle we'll ever face is the one in our minds. We think we can't do something or don't have the ability to do something. Those are the seasons and the moments, oh God, where we have learned to trust you. To trust how you see us, to trust what you believe for us. Sometimes, oh God, those are the fights that no one ever sees. We are fighting against our own best interests, fighting against our own potential, fighting against our own possibility. In those seasons, God, we must trust the words we've heard from you. Trust the signs we've received from you. Those signs, oh God, that remind us that we will be victorious. Those signs that remind us that we will win the battle. Because the truth is, oh God, there's still a whole lot of trees moving in the wind. There's still some victories to be had in our lives. So God, thank you for this reminder. The reminder that sometimes the breakthrough is at the place of the battle. And we will stand strong and stand tall and stand firm. Knowing that we are not by ourselves, but you are with us. Thank you, God, for your guidance. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, God, for your strength. Thank you, God, for your power. And most of all, thank you, God, for our victories. The ones we've experienced and the ones that are on the way. Because at the end of the day, our journey with you has taught us that the battle is not ours. Battle belongs to you, O oh Lord. For that, we say thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, we love you. We honor you today. And it is our prayer. In your name we pray. And we say amen, amen, and amen. Beloved, listen, don't forget. Tomorrow morning early at 7.15, Mindfulness Monday with Pastor Mike. And then at 7.30, if you missed that, Heal Thyself Meditation at the Dream Center. DreamCenterHarlem.org. You can check that out. But most of all, beloved, do not forget. Do not forget that you're already ready. You are prepared for the battles that come your way because you've come out of some things already. You've already been victorious. You've already won. Lean on that victory, but trust in new direction so that you can experience another breakthrough at the place of your battle. Let's go to God in prayer. Now unto you, O God, who's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless in your presence. May you continue to remind us that we are ready for battles and breakthroughs from now until we meet again on the other side where the sun neither rises nor sets because the sun is Jesus the Christ, the light of the world. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.